Welcome to You News, the podcast using the power of Univision to bring the news that matters to you in English. Today is Wednesday, July 8th. I'm Lorraine Cáceres. These are today's headlines. The U.S. hits a bleak milestone as coronavirus cases top 3 million. This as President Trump directs schools to reopen or lose federal funding. Historic meeting amid a pandemic. Mexico's president meets with President Trump to discuss terms of the new trade deal. And also in Mexico, Lucha Libre wrestlers struggle to make ends meet during months of unemployment. We begin today with the United States hitting three million cases of coronavirus, with many millions more probably infected. As cases surge across the country, Vice President Pence held a coronavirus task force meeting today. He announced medical personnel were sent to Texas, Arizona, California and Florida. Despite today's numbers, Pence said there were early indications the curve is flattening in Arizona, Florida, and Texas, and asked Americans to stay the course. We believe the takeaway from this for every American, particularly in those states that are impacted, is, uh, is keep doing what you're doing, uh, because we're starting to see uh, the first indications uh, that, as we were able to do, uh, in the Northeast, as we were able to do uh, in New Orleans and Louisiana and Michigan and other places around the country, we're putting into practice those mitigation efforts and we're beginning to see indications that they are having uh, a good effect. Meantime, the pandemic is tightening its grip over the United States. Dozens of Florida ICU units are at full capacity. The federal government is opening testing sites in different hot spots to help keep up with the demand. Half the country is halting reopening as the president pressures local leaders to open schools for in-person classes in the fall. The U.S. reaching a new coronavirus record, reporting for the first time more than 60,000 cases in a single day Tuesday. We're not knee deep. We're hip deep. And if we don't do something dramatically, we'll, we'll soon be neck deep. The Department of Health and Human Services opening new testing sites ready to conduct 5,000 tests a day in hot spots like Edinburgh, Texas, Baton Rouge, Louisiana and Jacksonville, Florida. The situation in Florida is of serious concern. 56 ICU hospitals are full to capacity in about 25 counties. Another 35 facilities reporting they only have 10 percent of beds available. The governor urging calm, assuring residents everything is under control. You know, as we've seen more traffic into the hospitals uh, in the, in the uh, past few weeks, uh, we're seeing a smaller number of residents of long-term care facilities admitted. And so, you know, look, you, we obviously would like this not to be here, not to not to have anyone admitted, but those residents of the long-term care facilities, and when they're admitted, uh, you know, they have a much, much uh, higher uh, rate of mortality. And in Texas, the CDC says by the middle of this month, nearly 2,000 people are expected to be hospitalized with COVID-19 every day. In the Rio Grande Valley, hospitals are already at capacity. In Phoenix, where the COVID positivity rate is nearing a shocking 30 percent, labs are backlogged and some testing sites are short on supplies. The mayor saying they need more federal help. We had 13-hour waits in Phoenix. It was heartbreaking for me to watch residents who were aching sick and sweating, coughing, 
trying to refill their gas tanks on the street because they had run out while waiting for a test. The daily death rate from COVID-19 now increasing in a dozen states. 21 states have now reversed, paused or delayed reopening measures. But despite the surge, the president pushing for schools to reopen nationwide for the fall semester. We want to reopen the schools. Uh, everybody wants it. The moms want it. The dads want it. The kids want it. Promising to take action, saying he could hold back funding if governors don't comply. We're very much going to put pressure on uh, governors and everybody else to open the schools to get them open. Experts warning opening schools is not the right move. An updated model from the University of Washington predicts more than 208,000 Americans will die from the virus by November 1st. There's school openings that we expect in August and September. That's going to increase contact rates on current trajectories. Several members of the Coronavirus Task Force reinforced today that CDC guidelines are just that, guidelines and not mandates. But Vice President Pence also said new CDC school guidelines are coming next week. The FDA is warning labs and healthcare providers that a common COVID-19 test is providing false positive results. The BD Max system COVID-19 diagnostic test from Becton Dickinson is showing an error rate of 3% false positives. The nasal swab-based test was given an emergency authorization from the FDA on April 8th. The Food and Drug Administration is recommending patients confirm their results with an alternative authorized test. The company is working with the FDA to resolve the problem. And Florida's Miami-Dade County has the highest rate of infection in the state. It's also a county where the majority of the population is Latino. As Jani Aponte tells us, authorities are visiting neighborhoods explaining to residents what to do to contain the spread. The severity of the coronavirus outbreak has led the largest public hospital in South Florida, Jackson Memorial, to ask Florida Governor Ron DeSantis to send an additional 100 nurses after the number of cases it's handling tripled over 4th of July weekend. We're sending, uh, starting tomorrow, 100... DeSantis uh, agreed, but Miami-Dade County may need even more nurses if it can't stop the rising number of infections. ICU units at dozens of hospitals in Florida are already at capacity. Miami-Dade County, the most populated county in the state, embarked on an educational offensive to help prevent further infections with a large team of volunteers who visit the areas with the most daily infections to educate people on how to stop the spread of COVID-19. They protect themselves as much as possible before leaving and U News went with them to see exactly what they are doing. We are going to the neighborhoods and we are passing out these bags with COVID information and also hand sanitizer, gloves and masks. They knock door to door. We are very grateful because we need to protect ourselves and care for our elderly. This woman who lives in a building says that her neighbors are mostly elderly and that this is the first time someone has come to see how they are doing. There are many old people here who cannot walk and no one has come here. You are the first ones. She was happy with what they gave her. A mask for my husband, for my old man. After the first round, the volunteers regrouped and assembled hundreds of additional bags to go to another neighborhood. 
We are giving out bags with COVID information. Reported by Vilma Tarazona, this is Gianni Aponte for U News. And Harvard and the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT, are suing the Trump administration after ICE announced it won't allow foreign students to stay in the U.S. if they take online-only courses this fall semester. Immigration and Customs Enforcement says international students who are pursuing degrees in the United States will have to leave the country or risk deportation if their universities switch to online-only courses. Harvard announced earlier this week all courses instruction will be delivered online. The university said the guidance affects approximately 5,000 international students. And nearly half the employees at an Arizona ICE detention center have tested positive for COVID-19 with one guard dying of the disease. CoreCivic, the company contracted to run the Eloy Detention Center in Arizona, said 127 of about 300 employees at Eloy have tested positive. Some have recovered and are back to work. It's not clear yet how many detainees may be infected. A major breakthrough in the case of 43 students who disappeared in Mexico nearly six years ago. Mexican authorities say they used DNA testing to identify the remains of one of the 43 students missing since 2014. They identified the student as Cristian Alfonso Rodriguez de Lumbre. The previous government concluded the students were captured by police, handed over to a criminal group who burned the bodies and buried them in a landfill and river. But forensic experts say that's not true and the current Mexican president, Andres Manuel López Obrador, has reopened the investigation. And coronavirus has had a devastating effect on industries across Mexico, including one of its very iconic arenas, the wrestling ring. Carla Rivera has more on how Lucha Libre wrestlers are struggling and the lengths some have gone to survive. COVID-19 has put Mexican wrestlers on the ropes. Arenas and gyms are closed. And without a contract, a salary, or social security benefits, most wrestlers have had to find a way to survive. Nemo hasn't fought in a ring in the last three months. In order to pay his bills, he's cooking and selling donuts for a living. Dealing with the pandemic hasn't been easy for him, but his family has been very supportive. In the first weeks, I suffered from depression, sadness and stress. My son said, know that, cheer up, you taught me to get ahead, not to give up. Mimo is a single father. The pandemic forced him and his son to move to a cheaper home. They are training every day. However, Mimo misses the thrill of the arena. I miss the fans, the yelling, the cursing, the support the smell of cinnamon oil in the dressing rooms. Those are the emotions I miss the most. I want to return. I miss it so much. Solar has been a wrestler for more than 40 years. He owns this store where he holds autograph sessions and sells clothes. However, since the pandemic began, everything is closed. His source of income has vanished. Now he sells protective masks and sells them through social media. I have always said saving money takes time, but we are quick in spending it. 
We have no money. The little savings we had are gone. I feel like we were flying and suddenly someone cut off our wings. <laughs> Meanwhile, Fantasma, president of Mexico City's Wrestling Commission, has managed to get donations for the wrestlers. As of today, he's given away thousands for food donations. This situation of professional wrestlers is critical. I spoke to a friend of mine and asked for help. He agreed and delivered food donations. It was a success. At least we had something to eat that week. Mexican wrestling is in mourning. In the last few months, more than 50 wrestlers have died in this country. Some of these athletes pass away from heart attacks or pneumonia. However, 90% of them died from COVID-19. From Mexico City, Carla Rivera, Unions. Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro has posted a video to his official Facebook page taking what he claims is a third dose of hydroxychloroquine. The video was posted hours after Bolsonaro announced he tested positive for COVID-19. The Brazilian president is shown not wearing a mask. One U.S. study last week found the controversial drug helped patients better survive in the hospital, but the findings were disrupted. A warning about your home security camera when we come back. Could they actually be helping burglars learn what researchers discovered? And don't forget, we're now on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Univision News. Give us a like or a comment. More of you news after this short break. Imagine a daily newscast that speaks to you about your world in plain English. Each weekday, we partner with Hispanic America's most trusted news source to bring you the stories from home and abroad that matter to you. They don't know when they're going to be able to go back to work. Victims also from Mexico and this mass shooting. Officials in and out of the residence. We're going to continue fighting. You News covers the news of your world and makes it easy to understand. Your News, your world, your news on Fusion. Welcome back to You News. Okay, I'm ready. El señor Walter Mercado. Walter Mercado. Walter Mercado. Que ha salido para ti, Acuario, nada menos que la fortaleza, porque tú estás fuerte ahora, ¿eh? We grew up with him. I can't think of an English language astrologer that would command the attention of millions of households. That was a portion of the documentary Mucho Mucho Amor, a film about the late astrologer Walter Mercado premiering tonight on Netflix. One of the directors, Cristina Constantini, joins me now. Cristina, many Latinos around the country grew up watching Walter Mercado, as I did. But for our audience, tell us a little bit more about who he was and what made him so special. So Walter was um, a magical man who appeared on television every night uh, and to read our horoscopes and tell us about our future. Um, and for a lot of us, we grew up watching him with our grandmothers. So, um, you know, he was, abuelitas loved him, abuelitos, they would listen, they would pretend they weren't listening. But for people who are our age, he very much is synonymous with the nostalgia that we have for those moments, for those, for our childhood. And so um, we, you know, wanted to find Walter. He had disappeared. He was out of the limelight. And so for the last three years, we've been working on this documentary about Walter. Um, he passed away in November. But for people who didn't grow up with him, 
we like to say that he's kind of like Oprah and Mr. Rogers, but dressed like Liberace. I also think there's a little bit of Big Bird in there, too. And uh, Christina, Walter was fearless and outlandish with his capes and makeup during the 90s, which was a less tolerant time. What does he represent for the LGBTQ community then and now? Yeah, you know, Walter was so radically himself. He never came out, per se. He never um, talked about, you know, who he was attracted to. Sometimes he would say, I ask not the gender of my lover, but how I might best please them. Um, but he was way ahead of his time. Um, you know, my co-director, Kareem Tapsh, says he showed us who he was every day on television. And it went beyond coming out, looking like that in the machista, oftentimes homophobic culture that is the Latino culture. Um, and so he's super important. He's a queer icon. He's a trailblazer. He was genderqueer before we even had that word. Um, but he's he was way ahead of his time, and he will be dearly missed by the, by the LGBT community for sure. And now to the million-dollar question. Could Walter really tell the future? I've always wanted to ask this. <laughs> he, you know... He, uh, I'm not a believer in astrology myself, but he did tell me a lot of things that have come true. So uh, I was a skeptic going in, but, you know, hanging around Walter for three years, a lot of cosmic things happen. So, um, I, you know, I'm sure his followers would say absolutely. And I would say maybe. <laughs> he was a magical person for sure. What happened to him? Because he disappeared from public view at the height of his career. Well, you know, um, I don't want to spoil the film. I think you should tune in and, and find out. But um, basically, the person who was so um, fundamental in his success ended up having a hand in his downfall. Um, so I, I don't want to go into too much detail, but it, it is, he went through a very difficult period and you know came out the other side stronger. Um, but I hope people will tune in. It's on Netflix right now. Um, and it's called Mucho Mucho More. And Christina, one quick question before we go. Quickly, what does Walter's immigrant story say about the Latino experience in our country? And how does that apply today with the xenophobic atmosphere we're living in? I know it's complex, but. Yeah, I, you know, I think Walter resonated so much with the Latino community because we needed hope. And he gave us hope and love when we needed it most. Well, thank you so much, Christina Constantini, co-director of the documentary Mucho Mucho Amor. We will for sure be watching tonight. Thanks for listening to You News, the podcast. Don't forget to follow You News on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you haven't yet, go to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe, rate, and review. Join us tomorrow for a new episode. Until then.